1: which features multiple shows each week with Border War with former Missouri forward Jarrett Sutton and former Jayhawks guard Jeff Hawkins. And Mizzou, that's who, with insider Gabe D'Armung, Maggie Johnson, and Tucker Franklin. The latest news, the top stories, and an insider perspective to keep you in the know. Make sure to follow us on your new home for Missouri Tigers podcast, KCSN. And now, the latest on Mizzou Athletics.
2: Welcome man to this week's episode of Mizzou That's Who, your podcast for Missouri Athletics here on KC Sports Network. I am Tucker Franklin, joined by Maggie Johnson today, where we're man down. Gabe DeArmond could not make it to today's episode. Had some things outside of our control happen. It's alright, Gabe is fine, uh, but he will be back next week uh, with another episode of Mizzou That's Who. But Maggie is joining me today. We're talking, well, there was a lot that happened this past week. Uh, we were talking about before the show of everything that happened. We haven't recorded since the National Championship game. Seems like it was ages ago. Uh, we haven't recorded uh, since, you know, Mizzou added three division five transfers, division five, power five is what I meant power Five. our five transfers <laughs> and Missouri lost two basketball games in the span of this week. And we were talking about two games that they could have won and two games they could have realistically lost. And that's what we're here to talk about. Mainly on today's episode is Missouri basketball. Maggie, how are you doing? I would be doing better if we went 500
3: this week, but Damn. I mean, what are you going to do? I feel like it's it's been ages since we've lost two games in, in a row, but I oh. guess we're. I was so used to that last year, so I should kind of be used to it now. Really? But um, yeah, they were just, we talked about this before the show too. If you watched one of the games, you watched both of the games. It was the same story both times. Uh, the only thing that was a little bit better is we didn't get absolutely killed on the boards against Florida. but uh, we only lost that uh, rebounding battle by one, but I mean, it was terrible shooting. Uh, Nothing would drop. I almost felt bad for the guys because they weren't taking bad shots. They were taking pretty high quality shots, right? Just nothing was falling for them.
2: It was, I think, I think frustrating is probably the right word to categorize this week. Uh, Two games that felt winnable, um, two road games, too, I think you have to mention. The two the road games in the SEC are tough. Um, two tough places to play, too, with Florida and Texas A&M uh, on, on back-to-back games. Uh, but let's talk about that Texas A&M game first. Uh, it's a, li- a little frustrating. Uh, three Tigers scored in double figures, 14 from Kobe, and uh, DeAndre Golson and Des Moines Hodge also had 10 points. Uh, so it wasn't a huge Nobody had like a huge game, but they, they were in that game for a little bit. I know that uh, I believe Gabe tweeted out in the middle of that game, Tiger fans, turn back your TV, turn on turn your TVs back on because they started to make a run. They started to make a comeback there at halftime. Kind of felt like that game was going to get out of hand and then the, then the Tigers made a run, but ultimately uh, couldn't finish the comeback. And I, that was, again, like Maggie, like you mentioned, very similar theme to what happened in the Florida game as well. Uh, but this Texas A M game was one of those, it was, it was a bit frustrating.
3: So wildly enough, we rank in the top in the country in bench productivity, and we actually Mm. had a lot of bench productivity in the Texas A&M game. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but like you said, Golston um, had a good game. Shawnee's had a good game. It was just our starters that just really couldn't get the ball to drop. So, yeah, it was frustrating. We talked about this before we went on, to You know, we got within five. We got somewhere around 54, 49, and then we didn't score for four minutes. And that's yep. become kind of a routine. I, we noticed it a lot last year. My friend and I used to joke about how do we go so long? I mean, we'll have seven, eight-minute field goal droughts. It, you just can't even going on the road in these environments. And Texas A&M, I wouldn't say, is like a crazy, scary environment to play. And it's a road game, so it's hard. But it's not that wild of a, of a place to play. Florida's down, so it's not that wild of a place to play you just can't be doing the things that you're doing.
2: Yeah. And we talked about this year too. And I th- think the expectations kind of, I don't want to say got the best of the team, but I think it's getting the best of the fans. Like, right. Missouri was ranked. I don't think anyone really expected Missouri to be ranked this year. Um, and so you see them, you see that little number by their name. You're like, okay, well, they've got to win all of these games. They should win all of these games handily because they're a ranked team. Right. Uh, these are unranked teams. So they should just beat them. I, I believe I saw that like nine uh, on Saturday nine AP top 25 teams lost and like five of them were to un- unranked teams. So it's not outside of the ordinary in college basketball for, for them to lose to unranked teams as a ranked team. Like that's not, that's not a, an obscure thing to happen, especially when you consider the circumstances of them playing on the road and everything. Uh, I thought this was interesting. This is coming from um, I'm getting these stats from the Mizzou athletic department, uh, to put that out in their post game article. Um, it's crazy when you talk about the the scoring droughts and then the scoring runs that they go on. It seems like in these past couple of weeks, this Missouri team has been a bit—I don't know—streaky if streaky is the right word, but I th- it probably is. Uh, stre- they've been a bit streaky. Um, they, they're either hot or they're they are ice cold. There's no in between for this team. They've been able to. I, th- I think what I've noticed really about Mizzou when they were winning those big games too is they were able to weather runs. They were able to weather runs from you know Kentucky, Illinois, in the times when. They were making runs. They were trying to come back into the game, and they were able to 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 put up some points still and and, and play some defense and be able to just not absolutely get destroyed by uh, a run. Where I think just before, yeah, just before the halftime, Mizzou missed ten straight shots uh, with five turnovers. Like that's not that's tough. Like that's incredibly tough. And then when you look at the second half, uh, they were down as much as twenty one before uh, cutting the deficit to four points and trailing by 19 Mizzou scored 17 of the game's next 19 points for a four-point uh, game 50 to 46 with over 10 minutes remaining and then they just couldn't they just couldn't finish it off uh I think fouls became a problem uh, which is both every, game. Games, every yes, game every game fouls are going to be a problem apparently um and it doesn't help that you know. You're on the road. Officiating is influenced. We we know that, but I don't think that this game should solely. I don't think either of these games should solely be frustrations to be placed on the officiating. I know Dennis was not very happy with the officiating after the Florida game, uh, rightfully so. But I don't think that uh, you know if you look at some of the stats, like you mentioned, you know, getting out rebounded, turning the ball over, things that are preventable. Maybe not the rebounding. Actually, now thinking about, it, I don't know if the rebounding is very preventable. The turnovers, <laughs> oh, especially. Uh, it's something very preventable that you can, you know, keep yourself into a game.
3: Here's the thing you're not going to win a game. If you, I don't want to say that Mizzou lives and dies by the three, because I don't think that they do. You have Noah Carter who can get to the hoop. You have Kobe who obviously can get to the hoop. But we shot 16.7% from yeah. three against Florida. And we shot 22% from three against Texas AM. And that's not. Us shooting fifteen threes, like we're shooting upper twenties into the thirties, the amount of threes that we're shooting. So if you're doing that and you're shooting sixteen percent, I just don't. You just really can't win those types of games. I I don't see a path where you can win those types of games.
2: Right, and I had a conversation. Uh, it somebody on Twitter, and they were talking about kind of the rebound, how like Missouri gets out rebounded, and how that's like a a bad thing. And we had the conversation last week on the last week's podcast about how Missouri is going to get out rebounded. That's just the it's nature of again. it. It's going to happen just, every game. Yes, that's what's going to happen. But what they can't do is get out rebound uh, out rebounded, and have a really bad turnover to assist ratio, or have a really bad, uh, you know, any other of those metrics. Turnovers, especially. I think turnovers is, is the, probably the biggest one. You can't have them turn the ball over more than the other team. They need as many extra possessions as they can get. If they're gonna if they are going to get out rebounded, they need to force more turnovers. Um it's just kind of how it's gonna happen, have to happen. We and can't be giving up
3: so we can't be giving up so many second chance points though. Right, um yeah. defensive wise, I get it. You know, we we take a lot of long shots, you get a lot of long rebounds, um, the defense gets in position, I get it. But we're giving up way more second chance points <laughs> than we should be giving up. It's just it's hard to see because you can tell the team's frustrated. Like you mm-hmm. just see it. I mean they don't give up. You Trigo Million doesn't give up. Noah Carter doesn't give up. You you know that they're not giving up. Yeah. But you can tell that when the ball's not dropping that Demoy Hodges is frustrated. I mean 100%. You can tell.
2: You so. can. And it is it is frustrating especially too Maggie's you mentioned both of these games had saw some shooting woes, wide open shots, just not go down, just not falling. And that's like, that's one of those things where luck comes into it a little bit too. It's just like, if it's your night, you know, like we saw uh, Illinois, Kentucky banking in threes, you know, you're pulling out from the logo, hitting those. Sometimes that happens. And sometimes, you know, it doesn't. And, and you mentioned too, you don't think that Mizzou lives and dies with three. I don't think that they do either. I don't think that they're solely based on three-point shooting, but in today's game, you got to be able to knock down some three-pointers. Um, and it seems like when they go cold from three point range is the most inconvenient time to go cold from uh three point range. Uh, just looking at kind of some of the numbers here, uh, Mizzou shot 35.6% from the field with a seven of 31 clip from three point range, seven of 31 shots. They only made seven of them. Uh, and Texas A&M made 53% of their shots, you know, <laughs> yeah. 10 for 23, or 10, yeah, 10 for 23 beyond the arc. With a 24 of 32 from the free throw line as well, there was a big free throw disparity disparity in both of these games, um, and I think that's what Dennis kind of took, uh, talked about after the game. I don't, he mentioned it. I don't think he'll be getting any fines or anything like that. He said, "Hey, you know, you gotta you gotta look at these uh, these free throws here because there's a uh, there's, something, there's something there." <laughs> he wanted to investigate. It
3: got a little frustrating with the free throws too because Mizzou would go on runs and then we would get fouled. And then we miss our free throws and I feel like the runs, I mean, we don't shoot poorly. I I mean, I think we shoot around 70 something percent probably. Um, I think I saw, we shot 71% from the free throw line or something in one of those games. We don't shoot that bad, but they just come at times that seem to kill momentum.
2: Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the Florida game was huge. Uh, it, was, it was pretty close to a, a game where Missouri. I don't want to say must win because they're not in a spot where they have any must wins. I don't think. I don't think this team's in a spot where they have to win games because, as we talked about, if they hit twenty wins, right? If they hit twenty wins, we think that they can make the tournament. That's, I think, for the rest of the timeout. That's seven and seven. So that's going five hundred about your rest of your schedule. Uh, they only got to win seven more games to hit that hit that twenty win mark. <laughs> got a tough week ahead. Um, uh, when you talk about Arkansas, you talk about Alabama, but I want to talk about this Florida game first, because going into this Florida game, you're thinking you're looking ahead to the schedule and we're seeing Arkansas, we're seeing Alabama on the schedule I'm thinking we got to pick up a win before we face these two teams, because, uh, it could be some tough sledding ahead. I don't think it gets any easier. I think they have old miss. Then they have another ranked team after that. If I remember, I think they have Iowa state after that.
3: We do have Iowa state last weekend of January. So it's one of those things where like
2: yeah four of your what is it would it be three of your next four games are against ranked teams so it's just like they're gonna need to find uh find a little bit of uh i don't i don't even want to say we're gonna have to find some luck i guess um i don't think it's anything that really that they're doing um the fouling obviously needs to needs to calm down a little bit i think that kind of how that kind of plays hand in hand with the style of defense that they play with the with the press and everything like that just getting too aggressive at some points. And it's the fouls that happen away from the basket that are the most, uh, that are ones that are most preventable, uh, like 90 Ooh. feet away. You're just like, all right, don't need to be doing that. Um, but let's talk about this Florida game, because going into it, as I mentioned, seemed like a pretty big game for Mizzou. They kind of needed this win when you look ahead at their schedule. And it followed literally the same script as the AM game. It was, it was quite, um, maybe interesting is the right word to, t- to talk about this game, Um but uh, what, what were your thoughts on this game, Maggie?
3: Going into the game, I was thinking to myself, if we can shut down Colin Castleton, I think Colin. This think is his first. Yeah, yeah. Um, if we can shut him down, we're gonna be fine. He didn't have an amazing game. I mean, he had a good game. He had a double double. I mean, yeah. He's a great. He's a great player. So that's I mean, good, that's yeah. it's it's like Shibei. I mean, we knew that we he was gonna score a lot of points, but it was kind of like, how much can you contain him? Uh, Colin had 16 points. He had 13 rebounds, which is the wild part. Mm-hmm. We're just going to struggle against teams that have a big like that. I mean, he he outmuscled Noah. He outmuscled um Kobe. It was just one of those things when he was down low, he dominated. And you didn't really see that on our end of the floor as much as you saw it from him. So, yeah. I mean... We knew what we needed to do, we weren't able to do it, and it translated into a loss that, like you said, it wasn't a must win, but it's a win that you would have liked to have, just because, first off, road wins are hard to come by, Mm -hmm. second off, really hard to come by for Mizzou. I think we (laughs) were talking about how they've won one road game on Whatever time you were talking about, like after yeah. seven p.m. Right, the night road noisy. games are tough
2: for them. Yeah, it's, it's 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 a very weird stat.
3: We just need to get. We they just need more confidence. they mm-hmm. they had that confidence leaving the Illinois game. They had that confidence leaving the Kentucky game, and then somewhere around the second half of the Arkansas game, is where that confidence mm-hmm. kind of. I mean, they they came back and they played pretty well against Vandy. A Vandy that just beat. Arkansas. Yep. So, I mean, that was still, it's still a good win to have. They beat Arkansas on, on Vandy's floor, but we just need to find a way to get that back. And I don't know if it it's, that's going to come from making shots. I don't know if that's going to come from coach Gates. I don't know where it's going to come from, but I do have faith that they can find it and win enough games to get themselves into the tournament.
2: A little bit more confident with these two games too. They're at home. Uh, yeah. That does help a lot. You know, we talk about the like, atmosphere a whole lot, the travel as well is something that like as college kids traveling to go play these these games that are going down to Texas, they're flying down to Texas, then they're going to and they're going over to Gainesville. This is it's like legit traveling Um and then trying to play basketball games on it, too. So I think that that's something to obviously keep into consideration. I know a lot of people saw so a lot of people were upset after this Florida game. And this Florida game was interesting because it was close pretty much the whole game. And besides one stretch where Mizzou made, it was let's see one of 11 in a six minute stretch and allowed Florida to take their largest lead of the game. That was on a 12 to three run um, from, from Florida. Again, it's just one run and it just cripples this team where they go ice cold and the other team makes their shots and it, they, they couldn't pull from within six. I think the closest they got was six at that point, but Florida just kept making their shots. Uh, Florida kept making the free throws. Um, Florida. Yeah. yeah. And then Mizzou just kept getting called for fouls too. Like that was another frustrating part. I was telling you guys before we started this podcast, I was watching that game and and once I can't remember, I think it was like under, it was under three minutes or something. And uh, no, it was after uh, who was it that fouled out? I think somebody fouled out. Um, Des I think DeMoy fouled Hodge fought out, and I was like, okay, this game's done. Um, right. because after he fouled out, and they were just calling fouls like so many, so many fouls. I was like, I'll just, just let the basketball game happen. Like, how about we You're just right. do that? Um, that was frustrating, but yeah, Mizzou 41.7% of their field goals uh, were made, but just three of 18 from beyond the arc again, Maggie. Again, three point shooting being the uh, you can I, I don't, so this game was close without, you know. But a ton of threes, right? I think to start, like I think it might have been to start this game, or it might be confusing with the A game. Kobe hit a three, like as the first points. Like that was the only I think three we for were a while.
3: Up. I think we started up like 11-0.
2: Yeah, they scored the first eleven points of the game against Florida. Yeah. Um, so they they scored, and there's like, this game's gonna be easy. Um, and then you know, they
3: never are that way. <laughs>
2: <they never laughs> not knew. one
3: of the not one of the games that we started up big. Uh, I mean, I guess that's not true. Illinois and Kentucky. I guess we started up big, but since since that Arkansas game, not one of them that we've started up big has kept that lead going. It's it's been a dogfight the the entire time. So hopefully they're not at the point where they get up and they kind of back down. Hopefully they know right. now that you kind of got to keep your uh, foot on the on the pedal, you know, the gas yeah. pedal, not the brake.
2: I'm looking at a. I'm trying to pull up this box score here. It's not being the most uh, user friendly um, on on this website here. Because so I was looking, I was trying to find the uh, free throw disparity here. It was uh, eleven for fifteen for Mizzou, fifteen for twenty one free throws on the Florida side. Yeah,
3: it's eh, not. It's, terrible, not, it's not
2: terrible. Um, but that's probably
3: home cooking for sure.
2: Yeah, a little bit. I think I was watching.
3: I was watching the the Illinois, uh, Michigan State game a couple yeah. of days ago. I don't know if you watch any Big Ten basketball. It was a great game. Uh, Illinois ended up winning that game, but it was so nice watching a game where the whistle is not blown every <laughs> five seconds. They yeah. let them play, and I was texting my friend who's an Illinois fan, and I was like, "This is amazing." I'm like, I actually enjoy what I don't care who wins this game, right. but I enjoy watching. And I mean, were they hacking? And then there were some calls that weren't made. Sure. But it's just so much more enjoyable when the game has a flow and like a process to it, as opposed to just ending momentum every time you go down the floor. And that's mm-hmm. what it's kind of felt like in these past two games is that every time we're on the defensive end of the floor, a foul is called.
2: Yeah. Uh, uh, it's of those things it's frustrating to see I don't know if there's a whole lot to uh because I think they're 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 at the right spots they're in the right spots at the right time they're, the shots aren't falling the fouling I think is a preventable thing the turnovers are a preventable thing uh the, the, the three-point shooting clip is just one of those <laughs> things you see and you're just like my goodness uh, that's tough but Mizzou 13 and four on the year um, I think a lot of uh, I think a lot of fans were kind of overreacting to the Florida loss a little bit um Probably because the expectations did get a little bit higher once, uh, once they did get ranked. We talked about on the show. I, you know, I still think that that we're firmly in the camp of making a tournament is a success, whether they win a game in the tournament or not. I know that you know when we talked to Kobe Brown, that's what he wants to do is win a tournament game, right? And, and you know that's what I, I think that that's it's great. That's a great goal to have uh, if, if you're if you're Mizzou basketball. But I think as fans, we just need to uh, want them to make the tournament. That's going to be a big win, especially in year one, where Dennis is already doing a good job on the recruiting side of things. Gets uh, number three. I believe he's number three JUCO uh, kid in the country. A very similar story to kind of Sean used to going somewhere and then going to the JUCO route and then coming back into uh, Power 5 basketball. But uh, Trent Pierce, another guy out of – I think he went, he's in Arizona now. Uh, he was in Oklahoma. Yeah, Chandler, went to Arizona. Think, Yeah, and he went to – But I think a,
3: he's um, – we're saying that around number 20 – um, in our yeah. 2023 class, which is yeah. wild. I mean, I, you, we've, we've watched terrible recruiting classes over the past. I mean, we had the one, obviously, the Michael Porter Jr. class, which was great um, mm-hmm. with Tillman and all of that. And then it's just had a steady decline since then. So it's great to see what he's done with incoming freshmen. And it'll be exciting to see what he does in the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Because I think guys want to play for him. I remember yeah. watching the video of Million just be like, he is like a parental figure to me. He's been there for me through all of these things. And I just think that's who guys want to play for. I think that's who parents want their kids playing for. Mm-hmm. So I'm very interested to see what he can do in the transfer portal in getting uh, guys in the door.
1: You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City. KC Sports Network. We'll be back
0: right after this.
1: KC Sports Network.
2: I'm excited to see it too because they're going to have these guys leave like I, I hate to look ahead to next year and talk a little bit recruiting but like I mean, it's fairly big news that happened Kurt uh Kurt Lewis committing to uh I think he was just said he was going to take his time and wait until like March to commit but then he was just like after he saw he was at the Coastal Carolina game and was like all right yeah I'm pretty sure that I want to go to uh Missouri and play for Dennis Gates and You look, Trent Pierce, Kurt Lewis, uh, Anthony Robinson as well. Guys that are, he's now the, he's uh, Jordan Butler too. So he's the fourth recruit now in in basketball. Basketball recruiting is way different than football recruiting. Kind of out of my, uh, out of my comfort zone here. When we talk about that, that Mm -hmm. kind of recruiting, the classes are a lot smaller. You get a lot fewer guys, but you look at the team Missouri has right now. They've got a lot of grad transfers, seniors, guys that don't have a whole lot of eligibility left. So they're trying to build that. They'll probably build up, as you mentioned, Maggie, through the transfer portal uh, because, you know, Dennis did a really good job recruiting the transfer portal, getting uh, to Missouri. So I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do uh, for the future there. But Arkansas, Alabama coming to town, coming to Columbia at Mizzou Arena. A couple big games. I believe the Arkansas one is sold out, uh, the Alabama one. Is sold out. Is is sold out. Okay, both of I, them. Yes, both of them are sold out. Okay. Yes. When I was when I was looking it up, I think there were a few tickets left for Arkansas. This was a while ago. Uh, there was a few tickets left for Arkansas or Alabama. I can't remember which one it was, but good to see both of them sold out. I think that'll be good to get uh, back. This team get back in front of some friendly fans. Um, that'll be a big for the uh, old confidence boosters, especially against a couple of ranked teams. Number twenty five, Arkansas. They hung, they hung on to the top twenty five,
3: banging by a thread. <laughs>
2: They, uh, after
3: four losses in a row, I don't oh know how goodness. they did that. Well, it wasn't four in a row, I don't think, but after four losses. so
2: They dropped 10 spots, so they got 115 points in the uh, new AP poll that came out on Monday. North Carolina State right on their heels at 111. So, I mean, it was very close to uh mm-hmm. falling out of that top poll. Florida Atlantic, actually, fun fact, first time ever they've been in the AP top 25. Oh, shout uh, out. Missouri receiving three points in this uh so shout out whoever put them on their (laughs) ballot uh alabama still staying at number four the top four staying the same houston kansas purdue alabama i assume it'll stay the same until one of those teams lose and Um, hopefully it's alabama and and hopefully it's alabama they have
3: some drama they obviously have a little bit of drama going on in their program so a
2: little bit yeah Uh,
3: (laughs) (laughs) yeah a lot of bit of drama going on in the old alabama Shocking that we're even talking about Alabama Uh, basketball as opposed to football, but I guess innocent till proven guilty. So,
2: right, we'll refrain from any legal talk on the matter, but uh, (laughs) right, uh, very interesting uh, to see what's going on. Alabama number four in Ken Palm as well. I think Arkansas, yeah, Arkansas's 21. Kempom. I thought that Arkansas's Kempom was higher than their rating. Um, Missouri did take a little tumble in the Kempom ratings after uh, the Florida loss. Kempom was not very stoked on that game, uh, rightfully so. I think they went. Gabe tweeted this out. It was like thirty-two to fifty-three or something like that, if I remember the numbers correctly. It was a big fall drop uh, for Missouri. Looking at it now, Missouri is fifty-seven. So I don't know what they were before, but they have fallen quite a bit. Um, still number nine in adjusted offense, though. That's kind of impressive, even after the cold streaks that they had uh, shooting the basketball, still number nine in the country there. But defense 185th, it's not going not gonna to cut it.
3: Yeah, I mean, when you're letting teams shoot, you know, 50%, 53%, oh, yeah. 43% from <laughs> three. <laughs> and You know, I've sat here for so many times, to be like, shooting threes, teams can just get hot. Teams can make it... Yeah. Whatever, but uh, now I'm finally starting to look at myself in the mirror and be like, "Eh, it might not be luck; it might be (laughs) poor perimeter defense. Right. Um, they can prove me wrong. They have every ability to prove me wrong this week. Two ranked teams coming to Missouri Arena. We can get two ranked wins. One one of them would be great. I'll go. I'll split this one. I'd be very happy splitting this one.
2: Very happy Um, to split. (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah so hopefully uh they can get, you know i don't even care which one it is i'd love to beat arkansas obviously but you want to tell me that this team goes out and beats the number four team in the country uh you're gonna Fine, i'll take you're it you're gonna turn some heads you're gonna turn some heads so
2: yeah uh their win against kentucky is is gradually looking less impressive because kentucky looks like that they are bad uh, they did pick up, did they pick up a win this week? I, yeah, I, think? I think, um,
3: yeah, they did They're
2: a good win. Um, who did they beat though? Yeah. Let me, let me search it up real yeah. quick. Cause um, I, I remember seeing that and thinking, Oh, that's going to help, <laughs> help the zoo in the old, uh, API. They beat,
3: oh, they beat Tennessee. Duh. That's right. Tennessee.
2: Okay. Yeah. Yes. Uh, big win for them. They got Georgia coming to town, I believe this week. Yeah. Or no, they, yes. Yes. Coming to town, Georgia. Um, they might save John Calipari's job at the Big Tennessee. Um, <laughs> to much of
3: Kentucky fans, um, not, not being happy about that, but
2: they are. Which is
3: wild, which is wild to me.
2: He's a lifetime recruit. <laughs>
3: yeah, he's one of the best recruiters in front of what like one of the best names, the name brands, mm-hmm. and they lose a few games. I mean, they won eight games or eight or nine games three four years ago and then rebounded that's just the name of the game at Kentucky yeah it's just when you're a one and done team that's just what's gonna happen you you have to rely on complete roster turnover almost every year you might have some down some down years like this but if a down year is beating number six Tennessee I don't think you're doing that bad
2: you're still 34th in Kempom it's not like they're I think they're tournament. They're gonna make the tournament, but like that's the thing. I think we've talked about this with Gabe too. Is that like, who wants to be like the, the the five seed that has to face Kentucky? You know, like who wants to be in that spot where like Kentucky is Kentucky's like an eight seed? You gotta you gotta see a team like that. That's not gonna be very fun because I still think this team. You know is a good basketball player. Uh, that's right. an obvious statement, but like, I, there's a, there's a lot of good guys on that team. When they get it figured out and they get it going, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be dangerous. But SEC, I, sneaky basketball conference. People people don't talk. I mean, the Big Twelve I think is the best basketball conference out there. I don't think I that agree. there's any debate. They I think they have the most in the uh, AP twenty five too. So yeah, um, they're the best. But SEC. It's going to be pretty, pretty salty. That middle of the pack there, you know, where Mizzou's trying to find find themselves in that middle of the pack is mm-hmm. anyone can win on any night. Is another thing that's that's really, uh, really sneaky about all these games too. But um, Maggie, let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about football before we wrap up, um, because huh? football did have a flurry, flurry of news on. I believe it was Saturday uh, when all of these transfers were going down. Drinkwitz was tweeting, tweeting like crazy. He doesn't have a cool. He he used to do like the garage door, you know, with the yeah, little the garage bat door signal. video. Yeah. He was just tweeting out. Uh, I can't remember what his hashtag is for. it. Like New Zoo twenty three. New
3: twenty three.
2: Right yeah. Um, like Dennis Gates has the fist pump in front of the uh, the God, thing. That one's really good. It's um, so good. I love it. We need to we need to find drink a new uh, recruiting thing, a new recruiting picture that he can use. That we know when a recruit's coming in. But um, he was he was. Twitter fingers like crazy. I think he tweeted out uh, the, uh, early in the morning about landing. I think Dennis Jackson was the first one, wide receiver from Old Miss, power five guy, another guy that you add to a wide receiver room with uh, those nasty wideouts wide over there. Room. Jacob Peeler, man. I think yeah, the
3: that's been nasty wideouts.
2: He's been big, I think, for the wide receiver commitment uh, recruitment. When I talked to Josh Manning at his commitment uh, in July, it, basically he was talking about Jacob Peeler was. One of the reasons him and Drinkwitz were two of the reasons like he felt so good going to Mizzou was Jacob Pe- Peeler, his success with A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, and his ability to develop these wide receivers like that. I think that that's known around the country, and I think that that's that's big uh, for Mizzou. Then they landed uh, Cardinal Ritter. Is that where he went? I could be wrong. That is where he went. Yep, okay. That's where he went. Yep, that's where he went. Joe Moore, who's... The third. Joe Moore, the third. Yes. Uh, Just who, be precise. <laughs> yes, yes. Because there are two other Joe Moores. One of them, <laughs> his grandfather, I believe went to Mizzou was a running back, was drafted by the bears. He tweeted that out kind of after, um, after he committed to Missouri, he said it runs in the family, bringing it back, bringing it back to the hometown. Love to see it after uh, spending some time at Arizona state belief he committed when Herm Edwards was there. Uh, don't fault him for that because that's an NFL head coach, uh, you want to go to, but, Things fell apart quickly at Arizona State. Uh, staff was leaking stuff to other teams. Weird situation going on in Arizona State. Yes, so he's coming well. back home. He's coming back home. I'm going to play some DN. I think he's a weak side DN. We're going to be good for Missouri because they have a need, a defensive end. It all fits. Lastly, we, we could talk about all these people individually, but uh, Sidney Williams, who is Chris Abrams, drain's cousin, fun fact, um, committed former Florida state uh, guy from Florida state. He's a safety Joins so kind of a crowded, I don't, I don't want to say crowded. I think this, I think this is a very good depth piece. ad could compete for a starting spot as well at the safety position. Um, but I'm excited to see what this defensive backfield looks like. Now with, you have Chris Abramstrand coming back. You've got Ennis Regstraw coming back. You've got all these safeties now coming back. It, it's exciting to see what this defense is going to look like next year, Maggie.
3: Yeah. There's a lot of pieces coming back. I think we talked about eight, uh, eight of the starters just coming back. So I'm excited to see it. I think Blake Baker has something really cool going on. The numbers from the change from 2021 to 2022—really, all you can ask for. I mean, you, you watched—if you watched any Mizzou football games—you could tell the drastic change between 2021 and 2022. So I'm very excited to see what they're going to do with that with that defense, and just see if they can play as well as they did. This year, and I don't see why they can't. They're adding, and, and this was a big thing people talked about. They're like, oh, we just keep going after all these group of five, um, whatever players coming in, and we're getting right. all these power five guys. So, I mean, there's really not much that you can complain about. But yeah, I'm excited to add to the depth of the safety position for sure uh secondary is always a little bit of a struggle for mizzou i think it has been since i was at mizzou (laughs) well it burned us a couple of times uh in those uh you know those uh big 12 championship games and all of that but yeah also excited to add uh uh the wide receiver to a very talented wide receiver room
2: yeah that this wide receiver room is going to be really interesting um It looks like right now Sam Horn is the, going to be the quarterback, right? Just with he's going to be the only quarterback in spring ball, only scholarship quarterback I should say in spring ball. Tommy Locke is obviously still there. Um, listen, if Tommy Locke comes out and balls out, I wouldn't be upset. Um, I just want the best guy to play uh, is really all <laughs> I want. Uh, but I do think talking about the offensive side of the ball, that's where their biggest concern is, right? And I think their biggest concern on the offensive side of the ball, outside of quarterback, obviously. Is the offensive line? Uh, they got Marcellus Johnson from Eastern Michigan. I know a lot of people. That's well, a group of five school. Yeah, it is. But you know, pretty good group of five school. If you're gonna There's get a one. lot
3: of power five schools that wanted them. So yeah,
2: I think he had he had a lot okay. of lot of offers uh, to go elsewhere, and he comes in. I don't know if this was official the last time that we recorded a podcast, but uh, Javon Foster is coming back to Mizzou. I can't remember if we talked about that or if it was official. Maybe it wasn't remember. official quite yet. But
3: I don't remember if that was. But Hopper definitely was not. And obviously yes. that's on the defensive side of the ball. So yes. In case you right. haven't heard, Tyron Hopper coming back.
2: Right. And I think that happened like f- 15 seconds after we got off the podcast. Yeah, I think so. It was very, it was very soon after we recorded. Right. Uh that, that Ty- Ty- tyron Har- ha- Hopper. holy cow. Tyron Hopper. There we go. I tried to emphasize the O on the Ron and mm. then the Hopper didn't didn't work <laughs> out. It didn't work out phonetically. Too many, too um, many vowels. It was. But him coming back is huge. I mean, when you talk about the pieces that uh, Missouri lost on the defensive side of the ball, they're all going to the draft. I mean, those are all they're they're going to be in the draft process. They'll probably be, I would assume, day two, day three guys. Um, yeah. I think at the at the best uh, day two, uh, guys when we start to look at at some of these guys, Isaiah McGuire was incredible. I'm not sure where he where he really fits in from a Chiefs point of view. I don't know if he fits in all that well, just because Steve Spagnuolo has a lot of different, uh, a lot of a lot of prototypes you have to fit into, a lot of boxes you have to check to get into a Steve Spagnuolo defense. Nevertheless, this isn't a Chiefs podcast you're listening to. Um, I do think that those are very interesting prospects coming out of Mizzou. Blake Baker, as you mentioned, got to tip your hat to him. He took a bottom. Feels like bottom five defense. Uh, probably wasn't bottom five, but um, power
3: five. I bet it was. Oh, it probably was bottom five, <laughs> power five. Yeah. yeah, no,
2: that's probably fair. I'd probably say bottom three, maybe. Uh, power yeah. five defense and made them. Uh, top thirty, I believe, is what uh John yeah. Hamilton yeah. said on Power Mizzou. Um, top thirty defense in the country. That's insane! Uh, Just what he was able to do. Now they did add a lot of transfers on the defense, which added a lot of competition, which I think is a great thing to do at every position, right? We talk about this wide receiver room. Adding more wide receivers is great competition. It'll make Luther better. Make Theo Weis better. It'll make uh, Danis better. It'll it'll make them all better, right? Um, So I'm. Kind of interested to see what they're going to do at running back. I know was it like Eli Young said that he's going to transfer. Yeah. Um, Elijah, yeah. Elijah Young, yeah. Um, he he said that he was going to transfer. I think Missouri also landed a punter quietly from Tawson. They landed Tawson's transfer punter, so they do have another guy to uh, go into that punting rotation mix um, competition, I should say. So, uh, and, I, and I really thought this was interesting too, Maggie, uh, when we talk about kind of Kirby Moore coming to coming to Columbia. And I think Drinkwoods had a really interesting quote when he said that he realized he couldn't fully he couldn't fully focus on the offense. Um, and he admitted that. And I think that that's kind of big to admit that it's kind of, you know, year three into it, you're like, wait, so you're saying that you couldn't fully focus on <laughs> the offense in this year three for three for three years. Um, so that's one way you could look at it or you could look at, OK, good that you're admitting that good that you're now handing that off. And now you're being the quote unquote GM. Because he said you got to recruit everybody. You have to recruit your whole roster plus everyone outside of your roster. Um, And I think that's probably – that's a great role for him. I really do. I think that's probably the best-case scenario is him uh, being on the recruiting side of things and focusing mainly on that.
3: And we talked about that a little bit last week, about how now recruiting isn't just, okay, here's this window, and you get people to sign, and then they're signed, and then you start in the fall. Like, it's not that anymore. You are working every single day – for 365 days for getting guys here it's just a different world and drink needed to delegate and it's exactly what he did and i know the players are excited about kirby moore um i've heard from a little bit of intel that um jabari johnson's very excited about kirby moore so yeah which was great because i know that he was really close um, with Bush Hamden, and that was a big reason he wanted to come to Missouri. So hearing that he was excited about Kirby Moore was very exciting. So I mean, I'm I think what Drink's doing in the direction that he's heading in is great. I think we're still at that position that if he goes six and six, yeah. Eh, you're gonna need know. to see
2: some you're gonna need to see some on field results. Uh and, and I think last year we were kind of at that point where like, yeah, we'd love to see some on field results if you're doing like all this recruiting. This is awesome. This year is is the year. Uh I, th- I think this year is the year that you should have some expectations for this football team. Um, especially if they do add maybe a couple more offensive line transfers. I do think that their offensive line can be solid with with Marcellus Johnson and Javon Foster mm-hmm. at the left and right guard. I think that's huge. The interior was not very good last year. The no. interior offensive line was not good last year. They don't have uh, Castillo. He's playing for like the Ravens. He oh, yeah. was playing for the Ravens. Yeah, he starting. Raven. Right. And and you look at that. There's a lot of those offensive linemen that, you know, Mizzou's got a lot of offensive linemen playing in the, in the playoffs right now or were playing in the NFL playoffs. So they've sent off a lot of guys. And I think as Missouri fans, we're so used to having good offensive linemen. And it's last year was anything but. Um, good offensive line play. Um, so hopefully we see some stuff there. They've obviously got some incoming uh, freshmen, which I don't wouldn't expect to see a lot of those incoming freshmen play. Um, I think they really need to address that through the transfer portal would be probably my best guess. Um, but they've added one offensive lineman. Hopefully they can add a couple more. Um, this is honestly this is one of my favorite parts of the whole college football season leading up to it is like transfer portal. Uh, getting transfer guys in and kind of roster building stuff like that. Fun to me. It's fun, fun to talk about the recruiting side of everything too. Uh, tough with the high school recruiting because, you know, you're not going to see these guys for maybe a couple of years, especially if, not, if you, I mean, listen, Luther Burton's an exception to that rule, but uh, you're not going to see a lot of these guys for, for a few years, but um, Zoo football well on their way, building a, building a nice solid roster.
1: You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas city, KC sports network. We'll be back right after this. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy.
0: Please do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes!
3: Yep. I'm excited about it. Um, Another thing I'm excited about, which I wanted to talk about when you were talking about um, making wide receivers better, Ooh. our boy, uh, Josh Manning, throwing the pigskin around with uh, Patrick yes. Mahomes, which I thought was really cool. Um, I mean, you love to see it because you see, you know, I'm a Twitter person. And I read into everything and you always <laughs> see Patrick Mahomes tweeting about KU or doing something like that. So it was really cool to see him uh, with one of our recruits and, you know, yeah. learning from the best. Who better to learn from than Patrick Mahomes?
2: I know that's an experience that he's never going to forget. Um, Like that's going to be that's going to go down as a top five quarterback of all time, um, at least. So if he has that experience of, it looks like he was just like at a park somewhere, which is kind of crazy that they were just like at a park in Kansas City, uh, throwing it around. There's a couple. I think Max Weisner was there as well. Uh, There are a couple other Missouri players that were there. Josh uh, Manning's
3: cousin was cousin
2: was there. Yep. Um, Manning's. Manning's all over the place. Micah, Micah's his brother. His brother, his cousin Taj. His 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 brother Taj or his cousin Taj plays for Kansas State basketball. Um, Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. There's Mannings everywhere. Uh, they're all over the place. (laughs) Uh, they're all over. You'll probably hear them in the NFL and NBA too because they're just uh, they're incredible (laughs) athletes. Um, but no, I, I that's that was really cool. I forgot that that happened. There's been a lot that happened since we last recorded. I know. Um. Sorry. We haven't even
3: talked about Georgia beating TCU by at least three million points.
2: Yeah, we, they they're about still
3: that. they're still scoring touch they're still scoring <laughs> touchdowns right now. Oh I, man. I took the I took the over, so go That's me. good. I <laughs> it was a small bet, but I mean
2: Oh, I put a lot of money on TCU. I wasn't very good. Uh, I don't know yeah. why. Like, I, you, you know, I, I think I've talked to you guys about, like, I'd been on TCU pretty much all year, ever since their week three. They played week three. Who they play? I can't remember. But they beat a, a decent team week three, and I was like, oh, this team's, like, actually good. Like, this team cool. is this team's legit. And I do think that, like, I, I don't think Michigan would have kept it close with them. I really do think that, like, TCU was I – I do think Georgia's just that good, honestly. Yeah. I do think Georgia is just – incredible Ohio State I don't know if that Ohio State game was actually indicative of Georgia because Georgia just like stopped playing defense I don't was weird Um mm-hmm. and to kind of base anything off of that Ohio State game going into the national championship was almost fool's cold a little bit right because you're like Man, maybe, T- maybe TCU likes to uh, throw the deep ball maybe they can get it going they couldn't get anything going Uh they could not Uh that defensive line ate uh, TCU's offensive line which is a pretty good offensive line they ate them up um, they got after Max Duggan. They couldn't complete anything. It feels like they had like three yards of offense the whole game. Um, and <laughs> oh, pretty close. It was, it was a tough one to watch if you were a, a TCU fan. Georgia fans, man. And they also like to manufacture. Georgia has done a really good job about manufacturing hate on Georgia. Number one, I don't feel like anyone hates Georgia. Like I, I really don't feel like because people hate Alabama, right? People hate Nick Saban. I don't think people hate Georgia. And I don't think people hate Kirby Smart. Um, I don't think that those things are real. But Kirby Smart has those guys convinced that everyone hates them, that people thought that they were going to suck this year. That they're
3: underdogs? I was like...
2: Nobody thought that. <laughs>
3: Not a soul. <laughs> Not a soul thought that you were underdogs. It was almost just like a storyline so that they could do under and then D-A-W-G-S. It was like, mm. you, you know, a little, little play on words. But yeah, not nobody said it. I mean, unless somebody was trolling and just like having fun, everybody knew Georgia was gonna be good. If, if, if they didn't if they didn't think Georgia was gonna be good, they wouldn't have made such a big deal about Mizzou almost beating them. They know that they were good. So right. speaking of uh. Is Mizzou the third best team in the country, Tucker?
2: You'd have to think so by association, right? Uh, so I think you by can say MVP. Ohio State number two. Final AP poll comes out. You have to put yeah. Ohio State number two, <laughs> um, which I do I do appreciate the courtesy of AP putting TCU at number two. Um, I do appreciate the yeah. courtesy because, like, the <laughs> Ohio State game was a little bit closer. But as I mentioned, I think there was a lot more going on there than what people we think. They
3: played in the natty. What can you do?
2: Right. So they are, they are the number two team. Um, and then you have to think Mizzou number three. If they, if they could, if they had any resemblance of a competent offense, they win that game. If they have any resemblance uh, because the defense played stellar, they held uh, Stetson Bennett to, I think career lows in a lot of games. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that's a tough one looking back at it now, (laughs) Um, but I'm, I'm looking at Georgia's schedule here uh, for next year. And there's a really good shot that they repeat. Yeah. Um, because if you, if you look at their schedule, they have obviously got the, they've got the cupcakes early in the season as every, as every team does oh, I hit roster and of schedule. Um, but looking at it here, Oh, this is the wrong year. I, look, I thought I was going to be smooth and get it all up at the same time, <laughs> but, uh, no, 2023, I believe mm-hmm. they've got like Vanderbilt. They start off with UT Martin ball state, South Carolina, UAB Auburn. Kentucky, Vanderbilt, Florida, Missouri, Old Miss, Tennessee, Georgia. I mean, Georgia Tech. Yeah. What are we doing? Well, it, it's
3: wild to me, and I, I don't remember if we talked about this on the podcast, but I've definitely tweeted about it. Georgia has played Alabama in the regular season twice since Mizzou has joined the SEC. So <laughs> twice in 10 years have they put Alabama and Georgia – in a regular season game. That is asinine. It's yeah. absolutely asinine. And like we've played, I know they tried to make Texas A&M our divisional, or our cross divisional rivals. So we've played them like four times, but almost every other team, like we've played Alabama three times, mm-hmm. almost every other team we've played multiple times. Um, maybe not Ole Miss, Ole Miss we've only played twice, but you just, how can you not, do that i mean i guess they're saving it in the hopes of both of them make the national championship because i'm not trying to call you out sec but we know what you're trying to do we know you're trying to get two teams into the playoffs like at this point you're not it's not being hidden but the fact that it's been 10 years they played twice and they're still not on the schedule for next year yeah it's wild to me
2: I'm looking at a uh, Missouri schedule. I think, if I remember correctly, off the top of my head, uh, yeah, South Dakota, Middle Tennessee, Kansas State.
3: Memphis. I can't
2: games. I Kansas State game's going to be interesting. Uh, they're returning mm-hmm. some guys. Dan- Daniel Green, I believe, is coming back for them. Yeah, and I saw
3: that. But I mean, be, it, they're best be good two players. Deuce Vaughn, Felix, they're both gone. Right. Um, quarterback. I guess they'll have. Um,
2: they'll have Will Howard back. Will Howard. Uh huh.
3: But I mean, who? But they who might are. have Avery
2: Johnson at that point. They might want to play Avery Johnson instead. they have also got Jake Rube. Kid needs, not kid needs to transfer. He's mm-hmm. there's no room for him. Too many cooks, if you will. Uh, Memphis in St. Louis will that'll be really cool. I think I saw Luther Burden tweet out about like some events and stuff that he's going to be having. That'll be cool. Uh, Vanderbilt, LSU, Kentucky, South Carolina, Georgia, <sighs> Georgia, Tennessee, Florida is a tough stretch right there, that and then tough. finishing out at Arkansas. I'm curious to see how good Tennessee will be this next year. I assume, I don't know uh, what Joe Milton's commitment is. I don't know if he's decided to come back. I I, I don't think he's entered the draft, because I think that deadline's already passed. Um, or was it today? S- today, yeah. By the time you're listening to this, it probably have already passed. Yeah. Um, C- CJ Stroud took it all the way to the end. Like, yeah, like, he did. Like, like he needed to. Yeah, I don't I know. know why. <laughs> like Everybody he needed to knew. Was- um. Yeah, but that, that, that's interesting. A good thing they got Tennessee, they get Florida at home. Um, the only road games they have at Georgia, that's going to be tough, at Kentucky, at Vanderbilt. At
3: B&B,
2: yeah. Um, at Arkansas. At Arkansas to end out the season. So those are the only road games. It's a lot better. That's a lot favorable of a schedule than it was this year. This year's is kind of tough, uh, especially when you talk about which games they had on the road. Going at Auburn, I know Auburn was a dumpster fire, but that game was a dumpster fire as well. <laughs> Um, we don't need to talk about that game all that much, but that was not, that's not an easy place to play. They had to go. I can't remember where they they went to the swamp. They went to Tennessee. They went, uh, it was, br- it was pretty brutal Georgia at home. So yeah, I mean, they, they, they did not have an easy schedule. They hosted Kentucky. They went to South Carolina. So, and we know that Missouri does not play and either sport well on the road. So unless you know, we go to
3: South Carolina, for some reason, we don't play terribly when we go there, but yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm excited about the the game in St. Louis. I'm um, yeah, getting some football back in St. Louis. Might have to put together a little yep. tailgate myself for that one. So yeah, I'm I'm excited about the season. Like you said, it's favorable. I we have some good away games. I like going to Nashville. I like doing the whole the whole bandy thing. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm excited.
2: Uh, Spencer rather also back at uh yeah. South Carolina. So maybe probably pencil that one in as a W. Um, I'm already counting games for bowl games. Um, so <laughs> already counting wins. We're already at there. But, <laughs> hey, listen, I shouldn't get too far out of myself. Still basketball season. Still a lot that can happen in basketball season. But, Maggie, appreciate you uh, sticking on the podcast with me for this week's episode of Mizzou That's Who. We'll be back next week uh, with a full cast. Of, full cast. Uh, oh, man, look, got my
3: Shakespeare's one on today.
2: Yes, I noticed that. I meant to mention that off yeah. the top. Got to yeah, got to go check out the hustle. Love that shirt. I've got the KC Sports Network hoodie. Literally any other fleece is incredible. I ordered it a size up. You don't necessarily have to. um, But uh, if you like the big oversized hoodie feel, order a size up. It just swallows you up and makes you feel. It's like a warm hug. It's like wearing a (laughs) warm hug. Uh, I do enjoy it. Make sure to go check out charliehustle.com for everything that you need to know. Hey, if you're a Chiefs fan too, use the code, I believe it's KCSN22 or KCSN15. KCSN 22 is for Tickets for Less. If you want to go to Tickets for Less, you can find uh, the best deals that you can get on uh, Chiefs tickets for the divisional game. Go ahead, K- KCSN 22. It's KCSN 15 is our 15% off discount code, but it's only on Arrowhead uh, Collection. So if you're a Chiefs fan, a go there. Collection. They've released some new shirts, too. I don't know if you've seen the new collection of shirts. They're good. They're clean. Legit. So um, nice. I do like all of the Arrowhead collection that they do have just about the stadium in general. It's uh, it's really good. So make sure to go check that out. KCSN 15. You can use that uh, promo code on Arrowhead collection merch. but that's the only thing It won't work on Mizzou stuff, but go get some of the Mizzou stuff that they have. They've got the new designs out, the Shakespeare's pizza. They've got a couple new Mizzou uh, basketball, football ones, and just Missouri in general stuff. So uh, thank you guys for watching and listening all the way to the end of this podcast. We'll be back next week, talking uh, some more hoops, I'm sure we'll be talking some more football, too, because it cannot stay out of the news cycle. So until then, we'll talk to you guys next week.
1: Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN, covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube, entertain, educate, inform KC sports network.
4: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early. So everyone can go home on time. There's Granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts. So you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus,